Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Hello and welcome to the Abroad in Japan podcast, probably the best way of learning about life in Japan without actually being in Japan. I'm your host, Chris Broad, and we're joined, as always, by England's top Japan enthusiast, Mr. Pete Donaldson. Pete, how the devil are you doing in your new house? <laughs> I think you can see how I'm doing in my new house, Chris. I'm absolutely, I'm in, I'm in the outhouse. I've been banished to the Pete Donaldson HQ and, uh, yeah, I'm just surrounded by chairs, boxes, the filing cabinet in the background as well. Back when I thought I wanted to make a George Smiley style, um, uh, John Lacare style office, uh, back in the day. <laughs> and, and that, that filing cabinet has followed me from house to house. It's, it's, it's not, it's not, it's heavy. It's unworkable. <laughs> it's completely useless for everything. <laughs> it looks so old fashioned. Like I can yeah. see a De Pete's uh, apartment. We use webcams. We do podcast, and I can see a pile <laughs> of chairs, like a rucksack, a filing cabinet, and like a, what looks like a dustbin. Yeah. Filled with it's things. like one of those old um, adventure games when you used to when you used to play on the Amiga or the or the PC, and just I go, I can see a filing cabinet, uh, some discarded chairs, an old workout bench. Um, do you want to go north, south, east, or attack the orc? <laughs> <laughs> It reminds me of Cluedo a little bit. It was Pete Donaldson in the outhouse <laughs> with a filing cabinet and a stick. Nice one, though. Well done on the move. Good, good stuff. Thanks, and while you've mate. moved house and done something mm. massive, all I've done this week is get a haircut and struggle to edit a video. So well done. Looks nice, you though. Win this round, you look Pete. good. You look good. It's 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 a, it's long on the top, quite pointy uh, at the top as well. There's a lot of product in there. Uh, looking good. <laughs> it's, it's that kind of awkward situation. Whenever I meet my hairdresser, I just point at like a photo of someone who's cool, like Liam Payne or someone. I go, do that, <laughs> do the hair like that. And then I go, but a little bit longer. I don't want to look completely like that. And he goes, oh, well, cut him off stuff. And then he just does it exactly how it's it is lit. in the photo. So he didn't really share my vision of a longer haircut. No. It's uh, it's very razor thin, but uh, I look rather dashing. I've got a <laughs> – I might be on um, – Trash Taste podcast sometime soon. So I thought, oh, fun. I, I won an award for like worst dressed rubbish person. Uh, what was it? On like worst taste. drip or something? Yeah, I won the award for not being stylish. Bastard. Worst drip. Wow. <laughs> you got a nice, you've got a nice whip, but your drip's not up to, uh, up to, up to muster. <laughs> Never mind, mate. Never mind. I mean, you know me well. You know, I, I'm, I'm a fashion master. Do you feel like mm. that award was, was not well deserved? You, you dress like, uh, you dress like, uh, I'm trying to think, is it Stuart? Yeah. When you, when you see Stuart Lee on the telly, he's always wearing a suit. But when you see Stuart Lee, um, in live, he's just always just wearing a black t-shirt, uh, cause he's a bit of a <laughs> goth. Is. You, you do, you, you would, you would be able to sashay into kind of like 80s goth very, very easily with your style. But look, 
Last time I went to Japan, I bought two jackets, uh, and they were like space cat jackets uh, from Harajuku. (laughs) So get yourself down Harajuku, mate. Get yourself a whole, you know, new outlook on your drip and your your clothing. (laughs) Well, I've got got my hat. I've got my uh, hat, which just says on it, jumping, pounding the rock. And I'm going to take that, (laughs) and I'm going to wear that in trash taste, and I'm going to win awards for best dressed coolest yeah. guy next year is that i mean pounding the rock is that that's a base a basketball term isn't it I suppose. it is yeah yeah, it, yeah okay Good. i didn't know that I, only about White one person dress. i know knew that like jumping <laughs> pounding the rock strange hats of japan but uh yeah i've str- I've, I've been trying to edit this uh, journey across japan episode it's been uh, over a week since the last one apologies mm. guys i know a lot of you have been messaging me about it the truth is it's a it's a really it's one of the best episodes for me, like the location. It's um, mm. Ikishima, not to be confused with Gunkanjima, the kind of abandoned island that looks like a battleship. Ikishima is mm. like a much bigger island. It's probably like 10, uh, 12 times bigger. And it is like an apocalyptic kind of wasteland. And it's a bit like the video game The Last of Us, right? And mm. I really want to do it justice. We didn't do a whole lot there. Like when you get to an abandoned island, there's only so much you can do, right? And all we really did was walk around and look at some cats um, so it's not that I've been editing things that are good. It's more like I wanted to get the kind of feel of the island right, and I've just been struggling mm. to do that. Um, but I think you're going to like this episode, Pete. I know you love your abandoned buildings, and uh, I do. I think this is a Pete Donaldson episode. That's all I've been it's thinking so as spooky. I edit it. I'm <laughs> doing it for episode, me. But... There's a, I, I did <laughs> see a there, there was like a trailer for the next episode on your Twitter. Yes, uh, and there's yeah. a lovely shot where you sort of. The camera's sort of inside the golf buggy or something while you're driving around on the golf buggy and it sort of zooms out. Wow. <laughs> you, 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 after I released that on Twitter, uh, you messaged me going, wow, look at that shot. The secret cool. to that is it's a 360 camera. So we have a 360 camera on a pole. And if you're wondering mm. what we're talking about, guys, go on the Twitter or Facebook for mm. Born in Japan and watch the promo for the latest episode. And uh, the opening shot, we're all like cycling this tandem bike, Joey Natsuki and I, and the camera starts in front of the bike and then we cycle through the camera. Mm. And the way we did that was we had a 360 camera on a pole and we sort of poked it through the front of the bike and then started cycling. <laughs> and it looked like we were passing through it. Really cool. Good. And uh, yeah. Tokyo Lens Norm, he takes all the credit for that. That was one of the coolest mm. things. He's a master of 360 cameras. That's what he does. Well, I'm sorry I brought up um, a, a shot that wasn't of your architecture. Uh, sorry that it was all lied. Tokyo Lens. <laughs> look, if Bloody he's Tokyo doing Lens, it, you, look, you, you just take all of it, mate. You know, he, he takes the pay, you take the credit. Don't worry about it. I'll have to edit that out. I'll have to be, oh, it was me. I did it. It was definitely me. But, uh, yeah. but great episode. And uh, hopefully by the time you guys are listening to this, the episode should already be out. So keep mm. an eye out. Uh, we've got a story this week that's just titled My Stupid Mount Fuji Story from Heather from Canada. It says, hi, Chris and Pete. I've been meaning to email you for a couple of years, but I've always chickened out. But I recently oh. listened to an episode where you were baffled by the town of Canmore. To be fair, it's a small town, but I recommend checking it out if you're ever in Western Canada. Um, I spent a lot of time in Canmore, and recently we had a surprising earthquake. Uh, In those three months when I was in Japan in 2019, I was doing research in Osaka. It was fantastic, and I was happy that the lab I was working in didn't really follow the Japanese norm of working horrendous hours every single day. Um, I have a lot of stories, but the one that stands out to me is a stupid choice I made on my weekend trip to Mount Fuji. 
I met up with a couple of people in my research program to do the climb, and I was adamant that we shouldn't stay in a hut on the mountain, thanks to a few videos that I'd seen that showed how unpleasant that looked. And I think uh, that included your video, Chris, before it was taken down. Uh, so we decided to do the bullet climb to get to the summit for the sunrise. All right, mm. do you know what the bullet climb is, Pete? Have you ever heard of it? It sounds climbing? like a climb that is ill-advised for anyone who uh, isn't a seasoned climber. <laughs> it sounds like you're just doing it really quickly. It sounds like a suicide pact. We take a gun up mm. to the summit of Mount Fiji and shoot yourself <laughs> in the head when the sun comes up. Sounds like the wrestling, something... <laughs> uh, the Japanese wrestling uh, compendium uh, group uh, Bullet Club. Sounds like that. <laughs> Bullet Club. It's but yeah, it's basically when you decide to rush up the mountain uh, in like five or six hours. And as you climb right. Mount Fiji, there's a sign at the base that says, "Whatever you do, don't bullet climb. You're going to die." And and clearly, Heather didn't heed that warning. Uh, but, what, but what did we decide to do the day before to prepare ourselves? We went to Fuji Q Highland Park, of course, uh, and one of those roller coasters made me see stars, and I went on it twice, so maybe it might not have been the best idea. The morning of our climb, we agreed to sleep in as much as possible, but my internal clock is too strong, and I awoke at 7 o'clock in the morning. We warmed up for the hike by climbing the stairs to Chureto Pagoda, Oh, God. And fueled ourselves with some corn and mayonnaise pizza. The Toreto Pagoda. That's like the most iconic shot of Japan, uh, where it's like that nice pagoda in front of Mount Fuji. Mm. And I've been there twice and not seen Mount Fuji because it's in the clouds. God damn it. Um, probably don't climb up there before climb Mount Fuji, though. It's a, it's a pretty tricky climb. Um, anyway, eventually we made our way to the fifth station and started hiking in the evening. Luckily, it wasn't too strenuous, but this was only because everyone decided to hike uh, – to hike it because it was mountain day so it was extremely busy the worst part of it all was the stretch from 8.5 to 9th station everyone had left the huts for the sunrise so you could literally take only one step every minute on top of that it was so cold and windy that i was falling asleep standing up and at one point someone pushed past me and i was convinced that i almost fell off the side uh, to my rocky death we finally made it to the top just in time for the beautiful sunrise, and I fell asleep on a pile of rocks and got some coffee while my friends hiked around the crater. After hiking back down, uh, aka haphazardly running and rolling my ankles many times, you'd think that we would finally get some sleep? No, we took a bus to Tokyo and went to the Studio Ghibli Museum before heading back to our respective universities. By the time I got back to Osaka, I hadn't slept in 36 hours. Maybe not the most pleasant experience, but overall a great memory. All the best, guys. Heather, from Canada, <laughs> mad crazy Heather. Yeah, did you did you actually go to the Studio uh, Ghibli Hakabuchikan Museum? Did you actually do that, or did you just um, dream it because you were so delirious from time as <laughs> you saw all the crazy Miyazaki uh, creations in your in, in your vision? <laughs> Heather uh, is clearly hours. dreaming as she rolled her way down the mountain asleep. <laughs> God, That's that sounds pretty hardcore, though. Like, mm. I mean. That's that's dangerous. If I did that now, I'd probably have a heart attack at some point. Like, that's that's formidable. Um, but at least you did everything. Like you literally did the whole Mount Fuji set, Mount Fuji itself, Fuji Q Highland Park, mm. the best theme park in Japan, and the Chureto Pagoda, and some mayonnaise pizza. What more could you want? And you still haven't climbed Mount Fuji, have you, Pete? You've never done it, right? Never done it. Uh, never had. Never had the time. Just been so busy, mate. So very busy. It doesn't sound that um, attractive when it just seems like a lot of queuing. <laughs> uh, I know as British people, that's kind of what we're into. It's very much our fetish. But uh, yeah, it just does kind of seem like there's not the most amount of fun. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Yeah, I don't look back at it as a fun experience. I look at it as something I kind of had to do. 
Um, mm. I'm, I was considering doing it this year, and I still might. I'm not entirely sure, but it's I don't know. I just had loads of unpleasant memories from along it along the whole journey. Like mm. I don't know, but you got to do it once. You got to do it once. It's a great view when the old sun comes up. Like it's a once in a lifetime thing, unless you do mm. it twice. Good stuff though. Well done, Heather, and uh, I hope you're doing well. And I guess you don't need to climb Mount Fuji ever again. So congratulations. <laughs> now on the subject of news of the week. Uh, it actually revolves around Mount Fuji. Apparently, Mount Fuji is going to be outfitted with 5G capabilities this summer. Isn't that exciting? <laughs> you can watch the miracle of abroad Japan from the summit of Mount Fuji. Don't get to the top and look at the sunrise. Sit down and watch your favourite abroad Japan episode in 4K on your tablet. Um, mm. Yeah, Apparently, June 24th, 5G wireless is coming to Mount Fuji. And apparently... Mount Fuji is actually open this year because last year they closed it because of COVID. Uh, because of the aforementioned queues at the top, uh, they the the prefectures of um, Yamanashi and Shizuoka that run it ascertained that it could be a COVID hotspot. Like, how sad right. is that? How ridiculous is that, that a mountain is a COVID hotspot? That shows you how busy yeah. the damn, damn thing is, right? But well, at least when you getting, queue, you've got 5G now. Close and close, close and close to each other. But, but people have sort of um, figured out that as long as you keep your, keep your distance, just restrict the amount of people who are actually climbing onto the mountain, I suppose. You've got, you got to keep it going. Do, yeah. Especially at a time when there's fewer tourists than any, any time in, in Mount Fuji's recent history. <laughs> yeah, yeah absolutely. Climb it. Let the people climb with their 5G. I, would, I mm. kind of assumed that it already had like 5G. Remember that tragic story last year of the guy that like climbed up it and in, I think in winter in the snow, which yeah. is forbidden and practically uh, suicide. And in fact, he uh, streamed his own death when he was on the summit. Cause he, he's literally like walking along, he loses his grip and he says, Oh, I'm slipping. I'm slipping and I've slipped. And then he, he kind of rolled down the mountain and that was it, unfortunately. So Jeez. I kind of assumed there was already good internet up there, but, Guess it's only 4G. So I don't, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, see, I, uh, yeah, don't dare. But on the subject of technology, I've got another story this week, which is not so good. Well, it depends. I don't know how you feel about SoftBank mm. or robots. Um, have you ever come across Pepper the Robot, Pete? Pepper the Robot. I have seen many people dressed as Pepper the Robot on Halloween. I've seen many Pepper the Robots in different uh, places, from Tokyo Hands to just general uh, <laughs> kind of um, home appliance shops. <laughs> yeah, what do you th- what do you make of them? Have you ever found them to actually be useful? Have you ever what interacted with one? I have, but I mean, I, I didn't get much much change out of them, to be honest. They were very much a, just a greetings robot. I, I don't know what um, firmware, what software you can plug into Pepper, but yeah, she seemed just to be into welcoming people to, to the shop and saying, oh, hi, I guess I must to, uh, to, to small, small kids. <laughs> mm. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, I, I thought it was always something of a gimmick, but mm. they rolled them out. The idea of Pepper the Robot is it's supposed to be like a robot with a with a heart. It's supposed to be like mm. this friendly thing. It's got quite a cute face. Often it doesn't shut up. As you walk in the store, it just starts talking. And you're like, yep, can you, can you stop now? But like <laughs> the idea was to staff every single SoftBank, which is one of Japan's biggest phone companies, to staff SoftBank with a Pepper robot. And so every right. single SoftBank does have one. Uh, in fact, 27,000 were produced by uh, good old Foxconn in China. But... They've decided to basically stop producing it because mm. they have not really seen any benefit to having these robots in the stores. Like they don't 
then I'd never met anyone who went, oh, thank God I went I met Pepper. It helped me sort out my phone contract. Like, it's just inconvenient. Just wouldn't do it, right? <laughs> but uh, it's kind of sad. Like, as someone who's who loves robotics, as you'd expect from someone who was on Robot Wars, I, uh, <laughs> I do like robots, and it feels like it's it's kind of a step back that they've suspended them. Uh, apparently, it's the pullback reflects the fading uh, of Chief Executive Masayoshi Son's plans to make SoftBank the leader in robotics uh, technology, producing human-like machines. For example, uh, a lot of people don't know that Boston Dynamics, the one of the most advanced robotics companies that produces truly chilling and disturbing robots that are definitely going to take over. <laughs> oh. uh, it's owned by SoftBank. They they kind of they owned it, although I believe they they sold it's the majority stake in the company now. So he's clearly pulled back from robotics because there's not much money to be had in it. Uh, outside of building cars and things, it doesn't seem mm. to be going anywhere. Humanoid, humanoid robots. What's your thoughts I on guess, that? I guess the humanoid side of things are the ones that you know nobody's really as interested in. But I imagine if yeah. you're uh, if you're working for Amazon, if you're the CEO, if you're Jeff Bezos, you're probably very inter- interested in uh, automated processes when it comes to uh, using robots to do stuff. So I imagine the humanoid uh, side of things not that interested. But I think um, yeah. artificial intelligence uh, led um, kind of construction and uh, logistics probably very very uh, interesting. To, uh, to 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 big to big multinational conglomerates. <laughs> Absolutely, but it's just no fun in that, is there? You don't no. when you you know when you watch a sci-fi horror film. It's not a robot in a warehouse mm. moving a box. You want a humanoid robot with a laser gun. You want a death-defying <laughs> killer robot, don't you? No, that's not going to happen because <laughs> they don't make any bloody money. Tragedy. Rubbish. Um, oh, rubbish. I don't know. They could they could do some sort of publicity stunt. Send uh, Pepper the robot up Mount Fuji to. I just, I just get fifteen of them in a room and just get them to fight. I'd watch that, <laughs> and then I'll make love. I don't know. I'm, I'm undecided. <laughs> Bring out the katana swords, stick them in the hands, yeah. and get fighting. They do them have hands, though, going. don't they? Yeah, they do have they hands. Could, uh, they could hack hack another one to death. Fantastic. <laughs> Not sure how I feel about a incre- incredibly sharp katana sword in the hands of a, a deadly pepper the robot. By the way, <laughs> good news on Mount Fuji, bad news for the future of humanoid robotics. We'll be back <laughs> straight after this break. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. 
In our daily lives, we all carry around with us different stresses. They can be big, they can be small, and sometimes we might not even realise that we're carrying them around with us. But if these feelings stay bottled up, they can start to affect us negatively, which is why having a positive outlet for discussion can be such a valuable tool for your well-being. Therapy can be a perfect outlet for your inner stressors. It's a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. Sometimes just speaking things out into the open can be such a great release of inner tension, so you can spend less time stressing about the issue and more time figuring out how you can overcome it. So if you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online and designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists at any time for no additional charge. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com forward slash Japan today to get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com forward slash Japan. And we're back, and we've got the fax machine. What have we got this week, Mr. Dawson, from our listeners? I would like to uh, say a big hello to Robert. Good morning, gents, or maybe good afternoon for you, Chris. It's actually good evening. Is it about good evening? Yes, about good evening, isn't it? It's evening. It's evening. Uh, You've been on top form of the podcast, and it's really become the best part of my mornings when a new one comes out, so thank you for that. I did buy a For Fucks Sake t-shirt to show some support as best I could, and it's quickly become one of my favourite items of clothing. There, Chris, if proof be needed, your drip ain't that shit. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, a question for you both. Pete, if you could export one thing from Japan to the UK, what would it be? It could be an ethos, a general mentality, a service provided, a product or anything. What would you want to see from Japan make its way to the UK? Chris, same question to you, but would you like something from the UK uh, exported to Japan? Obviously not the terrible train service, but yeah, would you like uh, anything in particular uh, brought over from from, from the UK that you can't get there? You've given the big licks about uh, Coca-Cola flavoured Tic Tacs recently, uh, and then I pointed out that you can buy them everywhere, you maniac. I think the <laughs> that's true. God damn it! I think the concept of cynical, sarcastic, just the cynical, sarcastic mentality is something we should import here. I think it'd go down very well. Um, I don't, I don't know really. Bring Robot Wars, the TV show from the late nineties. <laughs> I think it'd be a hit in Japan. I think they'd love it. Just have a lot of plugging. peppers fighting with a katana sword, as discussed. Exactly. Robot, War- I mean, robot was—they weren't robots; they were remote-controlled cars. And you know that. How dare you? Know you. that because you're a, because you were you were part of that entire lie. <laughs> Being on TV with like the robot. There's loads war. of listeners that don't know what Robot Wars is. Basically, in the nineties, keep them in the dark. <laughs> the BBC had a TV show where engineers and hobbyists got got together, spent ludicrous amounts of money on robots that they then destroyed in mere <laughs> seconds in a pit surrounded by children waving their arms and shouting. And it was commentated it. by Jeremy Clarkson um, and Craig Charles. And I was in it. And, was uh, it Jeremy Clarkson? I, I thought it was um, Jonathan. In the series one it was. Jonathan yeah, Green. Was, great, was it Clarkson? It was. There's a great shot of my dad and Jeremy Clarkson just, Jeremy Clarkson, like, that was complete chaos. My dad's like, yeah, it was, wasn't it? <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> Brilliant. Ridiculous. Oh, Fantastic. God. Jonathan Pierce used to do the in, the in play uh, stuff, I, I yes. seem to recall. He was very good. He was absolutely legend. I, w- I would definitely take, um, I would not take uh, Robert Wars from England to Japan, but I would take, <laughs> I think uh, you, you mentioned it really well, Robert, the train service. There are 
a million different competing train services in Japan, and I realize that can be can be confusing for some. But just the general punctuality, the attention to detail, uh, and work ethic of the uh, Japanese rail operators are just second to none. They are reliable. They are extensive. I love the train services in Japan, rural and urban. I found an interesting statistic the other day. Um, the length of time, on average, the Japanese trains are late. Uh, what do you think it is in seconds or minutes? How, on average, like how late is a Japanese train? Um, test. I think average. I would say one second or something, if that. I mean, that's pretty optimistic. I mean, <laughs> is it? It's, well, I mean, like, it's, it's 14, that 14 seconds. 14 seconds. Yeah, 14 seconds. All right. Well, yeah, I just, well, what is it I've never the, seen what's it. What's it in the UK? I'm, oh, it'll be, it's something, uh, most of our trade operators run at like a 90%, 90% reliability rating. It's d- d- terrible. Absolutely terrible. <laughs> Bloody 14 minutes late, isn't it? Dear, yeah. oh dear. Uh, we've got one from James from Southampton. Hi, Chris and Pete. James from Southampton here. Recently, I ordered a few Japanese sweets and drinks. Romne, Pocky and Bakari Sweat. After hearing you speak about it, uh, I decided to order some for myself. I'm not sure if I like it. It has a lingering taste. It's extremely peculiar. I'm going to assume he's talking about Bakari Sweat. Also, I've been studying Japanese for three to four months. It's a struggle, but I'm hoping to get there after I finish college. Uh, I have a question. Which do you prefer, Ramne or Bakari Sweat? Thank you all. Uh, have a good day to the pair of you. I mean, that's an easy one, isn't it? Do you want a drink that explodes everywhere and showers you in a sticky soda? Or do you want Bikari sweat and get hydrated, which you'll need if you're going to climb Mount Fiji? It's got yeah, to be Bikari. Def- definitely Bikari sweat. It's just got that beautiful yeah. kind of taste of it where you're like, this is doing me good. And I'm <laughs> refreshed. And it's a little bit salty, a little bit sweet. Oh, mate, it's good. It is good. It's very good. It's, it's kind of like a health drink, really. It's made by... Uh, uh, I think it's Otsuka Pharmaceuticals. Like it's an actual it? uh, pharmaceutical company. So, yeah, I love it. <laughs> I love stuff. it. It tastes like the stuff that it. you get um, when you've got diarrhea. <laughs> you know, the stuff <laughs> it does, you, it really does. It's yeah, like, it does, it's like a rehydration it? thing. Um, yeah. Right, uh, Liam has got in touch. Hi, Chris and Pete. A while back on the podcast, you guys had mentioned a Japanese town spending their COVID relief money on a giant squid sculpture. Uh, this reminded me of a giant inflatable rubber duck that appeared in my hometown of Toronto that cost about $200,000 in tax dollars uh, back in uh, 2017. Uh, while everyone was initially very angry about the absurd use of tax dollars, it turned out the duck actually helped bringing uh, $7.6 uh, million dollars, uh, in, in tourism Whoa. spending to the city. The duck was brought here for a waterfront festival during Canada Day weekend and turned into an attraction and many people uh, spent, ended up spending money at their local businesses while coming downtown to see it so maybe this means that the town is onto something with a squid although to be fair probably not the best timing uh perhaps they <laughs> you did you write this perhaps they could be squids in pathetic absolutely i didn't write that person. i didn't write love that. the podcast cheers guys uh liam uh to pete congratulations on hartlepool getting promoted back to league two any town with a monkey mayor deserves to be in the football league a very stressful end to that uh, particular playoff campaign um hartlepool scored a goal quite early on they looked like they were going back into the league uh you know which is very important to the town it's a very financially depressed uh, area uh, and the football mm. team is very important 
Um, and then I think about the 92nd minute, like a, a seconds away from the referee uh, blowing the final whistle, the talkie United uh, goalkeeper came up, Brazilian chap, uh, and scored a header. So that was annoying, but oh, they managed to get oh, through no. penalties in the end. But it was very special. Well my done. friend was in a my friend was in a casino watching it in London, uh, uh, expat Hartley Pudlian, <gasps> and he threw his coat at the screen and got thrown out. <laughs> oh my god! He was so excited. But at least they got three. At least they got. At least three. they got through. At least they got back. <laughs> That's great news. Um, yeah. I mean, I I don't in the subject of the rubber duck bringing in seven point six million dollars. How do you mm. work that out? But like, do you literally stand by the riverside and be like, "Why are you in Toronto? Is it the duck? Uh, yeah, Is it the big duck. It's yeah. the duck, isn't it? I've come for the duck. Nobody goes to Toronto to see a duck." <laughs> Prove me wrong. They, Prove me wrong. <laughs> Prove me wrong. I had a I had, I had a lovely night out in Toronto recently. Well, not even recently, just like a year and a half ago with the Football Ramble tour. So look, if they're going to come and see the Football Ramble, my uh, football podcast, they're going to see a big, <laughs> big rubber duck for crying out loud. But did you see the rubber duck? I didn't see the rubber duck. No, no, didn't have time. It's gone straight now, in, straight but... out. I was. <laughs> I had a got. I don't know. I think. One. I think that squid, the old two hundred thousand dollar squid. In I think was it Kanazawa or something? Mm. I think that could probably bring in money to the economy in the long run. It was more oh, yeah. a case of poor timing with the whole COVID situation mm. and people being sick in hospitals, spending two hundred grand on a gigantic octopus squid statue. It's not the best PR move, is it? Mm. I have thought of better ways to spend if, that. And if you're delirious time. with if you're delirious with COVID and the sweats, you don't need to be walking down the street and seeing that. You think you've gone mad. <laughs> Yeah, that would uh, push you over the edge, I think, seeing that crazy <laughs> statue. Uh, keep the stories, questions, comments coming in to abroadjapanpodcast at gmail.com. We'll be back in the next few days on Thursday to do it all over again. But for now, guys, no matter where you might be out there in the big wide world, have yourself a great few days. Check out the latest episode of Journey Across Japan, an mm. apocalyptic, post-apocalyptic wasteland. Uh, and I think it's going to be a special episode, so I hope you enjoy it. But for now, guys, all the best. Have a good one. in Japan is a stack production and part of the Acast Creator Network. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.